Welcome everyone to Locked on Anaheim Ducks, Anaheim Angels, which I still call it, Seattle Mariners Crossover Edition. I'm your humble host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, and I'm joined by two fantastic guests. Let's meet them now, starting with the gentleman closest to me, just across the 57. It is TBW. How you doing? Hey, what's up, man? Um... Anaheim Angels. I mean, I don't think I feel like there's a lot of people that still refer to them as Anaheim Angels. I sure do. <laughs> well, they dropped the Anaheim part of their name like all together. It's just the LA Angels now or the Los Angeles Angels. But Ooh. I mean, for those that are listening, not based in California, Los Angeles and Anaheim are quite distant from each other. They're worlds apart in several ways. They're not in the same county. even. I know. I mean, they're connected by a freeway. That's about it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. And someone that will agree with you that it should be the Anaheim Angels is our other guest, DC Lundberg. How are ya? I kind of miss when they were the California Angels, quite honestly. They should go back to that. They should. One of really my favorite should. uniforms of semi-recent vintage are the ones that the California Angels uniforms that they had right before they switched to the Anaheim Angels. I thought those were very classy and very good. And I think every uniform from like 61 to, you know, honestly, I like the Periwinkles. Oh, God. <laughs> really? I, I did. But I mean, I like the Mariners unis, too. Mm-hmm. Which ones? The current ones? No, I mean, well, the entire history. I don't see an issue with the entire history. They all I'm look with good. Taylor on that one. I'm with Taylor on that one, definitely. I like the boring block S and the block Mariners, the blue and gold. Everybody, or not a lot of people seem to like that one. I'm partial to it. I mean, I'm partial to the current one, and I know for a fact Taylor is very partial to the current one. So, Taylor, do you remember when you and I first, first met? This had to have been six and a half years ago at Staples Center. Do you remember this? I feel like we met before that, but yeah. We no, met before I think that, was, but that was the first was time we actually hung the, out. Um, I was sporting that, uh, oh, because I was working with Mavericks at the time, which was Seattle affiliate, and mm-hmm. I had the, that was in 2012, so eight years ago-ish. Yeah. And I had that, um, the, the like, naval dial thing. You did? The naval dial what, what was that called? What is that called? DC, do you know what that's called? Or that logo? I mean, it's the current... It was, oh, the Star Compass. Compass yes, Star, whatever it is, yeah. Yeah, I had that hat. And, this, I mean, we were working with a Seattle affiliate, and I was just sporting that hat because, you know, the Seattle connection, and I could wear it when I was in the press box. And No, I did. I, I was, like, my favorite logo. I, I really liked that hat. I forgot about it. I gotta find it. That was, was the only it's... hat you wore for about a year. <laughs> uh, Silver Bill? Yeah, that one. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I got it for like ten bucks. Even better. But that's that just one of steal. my one of my memories is you always wore that hat not only to outings but to hockey games as well. You always rocked the Mariners cap. I rocked all kinds of hats, man. I have I had all thirty teams at one point. I have all thirty teams currently. I think my I lost my Red Sox hat at a NASCAR race. And I have I think There's I'm missing story there. No, literally I just I I think I bought oh, a okay. new hat that day. I put the other one in a bag and I left the bag. Like Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, no no like fun story of that. Just 
I don't have a Red Sox hat, and I think I'm missing. I think I'm. I lost a Cubs hat or something like that. Well, I mean, okay. So, which race? Which NASCAR race? Uh, let's see. Fontana. Okay. In 2000, let's see who won that race. I want to say Truex won that race. So 17, I want to say. I vaguely remember watching that one. I didn't watch it live, but I remember seeing that one on TV down in the bellows of now Toyota Arena. I remember that you were there, too. Uh, One of my favorite races that I remember watching at Fontana was when Tony Stewart won. That was a fun race to watch. Yeah, I was there for Jimmy's first win, his first career win. Um, What year was that? I think I was there for that. Oh, two. I think. I think I was there for that. And then I was there for his most recent one that was there when he had the Superman thing, and that was like fifteen or sixteen. But yeah, DC, are you an NASCAR guy or like, are you a racing guy at all? No, sorry. No, oh, it's fine. Too bad. <laughs> yeah. There's so, no um, other sports on. Now's the time, DC. There's bowling on. What are you talking about? There's no other sports on. Never mind. I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, jason i'm just gonna jump in we just literally decided we were gonna do a show and had no actual motive for the show literally this is what we were gonna do is chat about nothing um but i do have like a preview for locked on jeopardy Ooh. i don't know if you guys want to try a taste of this a taste i'd love to sure so just a sampling yes it's going to be on Lockdown Angels, and I have to figure out the scheduling and who's going to be playing. Um, but, yeah, so we're going to do Lockdown Jeopardy, and one of the categories is World War, and it's war leaders per country. Does that, <laughs> does that make sense? Yes. Yes. So I, I have to – literally, as I ask you guys, because I've already jumped in and one of you is likely going to be a guest and one of you is likely going to play uh, Johnny for me. I mean, um, but so I have to change the countries, but it just, uh, I don't know, you know, world war for 600. Uh, it would be the categories world war. I would explain that is the war leader for the country, the all time war leader for the country. So whoever wants to buzz in, I mean, I, I don't have a buzzer, but uh, South Korea, who wants to take a guess? I'll take a guess. Who you got? Hesop Choi. No, no. <laughs> I like that. That's not a bad guess. Yeah, I, could, I could be wrong. I'm going off a of baseball reference, which isn't 100% accurate, but yeah. I um, think there was a large gap in this one, too. I actually think there was a large gap, and it's so it's so off cue. I, I, no, I thought it was Hesop Choi as well. What about Bian yeah. Young Kim? No, it's not. Um, how about Shanho Park? Nope, it's not. So both of you just lost four hundred dollars or whatever it was worth. <laughs> um, Shinsu Chu. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot about him. Can you believe, I mean, like, but, but like, who'd have ever figured that Shinsu Chu would be a war leader anywhere? You know, it makes sense though because he's had a much longer career than Hesop Choi or any of the other gentlemen we named did. One of us and should have gotten that. He's always, he's yep. always been a good hitter. It's not he like has. he's. I mean, he's definitely a talented guy, but yeah, See, no, it, he's it, a very it, under the radar guy though too. Former Mariner too. I was gonna say you could understand why I didn't get that, but DC, he came <laughs> up in Seattle. 
He did come How up. And he wasn't a Mariner very long, though. Every time DC and I talk, though, we bring up a totally obscure player that was very good. Like, it was Frank Tanana. Then we didn't get into it, but Mark Langston. Correct. And now Shinsu Chu. All... And- and Jason and I did a little piece on Jim Abbott the other week. Yeah, and actually, I'm working on a book, and the latest chapter is about Jim Abbott. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, and it's really fun learning. A bit. It's about the, well, well, I mean, I can't give away yeah. too much. I can't give away too much, but um, yeah, yeah uh, no, I just so wrote, full, wrote 6,000 words on Jim Abbott the other day. We're Very up against cool. the break right now, but Taylor, do you want to tell the fine folks about rockauto.com? Yeah, and, and I got to say, you know, when Rock Auto came on as a sponsor, I was really excited because I've used Rock Auto. So it's a family-owned business. They've been around for 20-some years online. And literally, I was on the other day at rockauto.com. And just so you guys know, just uh, this is part of our read is reliably low prices, um, all the parts your car will ever need. And it's an honest God truth, man. I was on the sites just scrolling around. I found a transmission for a Ferrari. Ooh. <laughs> what year? It's like uh, it was a La Ferrari 2017. Wow, that's really good. And it's like I think I bought my wife a steering wheel for a Camry, and it's like I could either do that or I could buy a transmission for a Ferrari. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, Rock Auto is the real deal. I, I I really do like Rock Auto. I'm really happy to have them on board with the Lockdown Podcast Network. And uh, I'll just tell you, you know, check them out. RockAuto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. And at checkout, tell them Locked On sent you. Uh, I would say tell them that Taylor Locked On sent you just so I can get a little, you know, hey, what's up? But, no, uh, at checkout, tell them Locked On sent you. Um, I don't know. Do you want to sing it or do you want me to sing it? Go ahead and sing it. All the parts your car will ever need, Rock Auto. Yeah. Bum. Bum, <laughs> bum. I, I don't know. Break, I think that's break time. But being totally honest, I, I really do uh, love Rock Auto. So check them out, rockauto.com, and at checkout. Put locked on. Welcome back to the best podcast your car will ever need. Locked on. Oh, yeah. And I'm going That's to. Dirty. What was that? That's dirty. <laughs> With Taylor Blake Ward and DC Lundberg of Locked On Angels and Locked On Mariners, respectively. So, Taylor, uh, you were wanting to talk about something as as we came back. Yeah, well, uh, the trivia thing. I feel like you guys enjoyed the South Korea part, right? Yes. So do you want to do one more and then run through another category and I can just literally eliminate it from the next Jeopardy episode? Why not? Sure. I love trivia. Let's do it. All right, so do you want Netherlands or Curacao? Ooh. I could take a crack at Curacao. Who you got? Kenley Jansen. Way off. Andrew ah. Jones? Yep, that's the one. Way to go. Oh, Thank you. Him. him. <laughs> 62 point. That was a $2,000 question. Ooh. I'm going to have to level this out. What about Netherlands? Anybody got a guess for Netherlands? <sighs> no, I actually have to. I'm shook. I have to think It's now. really not hard. It's really no. not hard, guys. It's and really I have, not. I have to bow out of this one because, Taylor, you and I have gone over this one already, so I know the answer. I'll let Jason take it. You know what, Jason? I'm going to help you out. 96 wins above replacement. Oh, that's not... Um, let's go so with... So, obviously, I'll You're thinking of someone in particular, then. 
well, I have the answer in front of me, and it's, mm-hmm. I'm looking for one set name. <laughs> he may be throwing you a curveball here. Ah. Uh, Why would you say that? <laughs> because I'm an a-hole. <laughs> Who's from the Netherlands? That's really good. Born in the Netherlands. Keep that in mind. Born, Born in the Netherlands. I'm going to guess he's probably a former angel. He is. Yeah. Is he a current angel? No. Could he be in the Hall of Fame and be a current angel, Jason? Oh, you know what? He's a pitcher, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he's a pitcher. Because I got the curveball joke. It's Burt Blylevin, isn't it? Yep. It is. <laughs> I should have got that clue way sooner. <laughs> So, actually, let's run this back then, in that case. Um, current Angels' birthplaces. Ooh. Uh. I name the... Uh, do I name the country or the player? I never figured that out. Should I name the... I should name the... Yeah, I named the player. So, um, just name the country. Shohei Otani. Um, Japan. <laughs> How about... And, and Trump Simmons. He's from Aruba, isn't he? Jason, you got one? I thought it was Aruba, too, but I will say some other country. I'll... Oh, I'm wrong. It's wrong. It's Curacao. It, it oh, is yeah. Curacao, too? It is. Wow, nice. What about uh, Noe Ramirez? Is he, is he from Mexico? Jason, you got one? Just to be different, is he from here? Yeah, he's from Fullerton. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> I'm like, I think he's from here. That's a little twist. He actually, he went to school in Fullerton. He might not be from Fullerton. Uh, let me see, where was he born? He was born in Alhambra, right down the street from you, buddy. Hey, what's up? Oh. Yeah, how about Julio Tehran? I, I do know this one. I believe right, DC. Venezuela? No, Oof. the other one, Colombia. Oh, it is. Okay. All right. All right. Here's the thousand uh, dollar one. Mega, mega money here. Jaime right. Berea. Cameroon. No. Um, sorry. That's a curveball. <laughs> that wasn't funny. Um, Puerto Rico. Jason, you got one? Um, wow. I hear clicking in the background. Someone's cheating. No, um, Dominican Republic. Panama. Panama. Wow. Very cool. The only player I know from Panama is, of course, the greatest closer, or one of the greatest closers of all time, Mo Rivera. Who is not the all-time war leader for Panama. Are you serious? Yeah, and when I say it, it, you're going to be like, oh, God. It's not Roberto Kelly, is it? No, it's a it's a hollow. Oh, it's, I know who it is. Oh, never yeah. mind. Who is it? Rod, Rod. Carew. <sighs> it's is is it Rod Carew? It is Rod Carew. <laughs> oh. I thought for sure that Mo passed him. Yeah, no, it wow. was Rod. It, you, he's a closer, dude. He only got yeah. Like that's true. War. That's true. He only got like twenty war ever. And Rod Carew had what thirty three hundred hits or whatever he had hit three eighty eight one year. He Mass- was a monster. Oh. Massively talented contact hitter. 
By the yeah. way, how is Rod Carew doing these days? Because I heard that he was going through some health issues fairly recently. To my knowledge, he's okay. I, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. That's good to hear. You know, yeah. we haven't talked anything about hockey. I mean, I don't know what to talk about as far as hockey goes. And um, any, got, anything? Well, I, got an I got an idea for you if you're up for it. Sure. So I was thinking, I was talking to someone about this the other day. The Montreal Expos in the 80s and 90s. Yes. Take a look at their drafts. I have to look this up, don't I? No, well, like, okay, 87 was the line of the Shields. Mm-hmm. 89 was Charles Johnson. Okay. Uh, and these are just the first rounds. Rondell White in 90. Um, Cliff Floyd in 91. Like, and that's not, you know, you're ignoring the fact that they had an outstanding international market, but their second round picks were just like, they got Milton Bradley in 96. I see that. They got Brad Fulmer in 93. Um, oh, in 85, uh, they got some guy named Randy Johnson. I don't know if you guys ever heard of him. His name is familiar. Yeah. I think he's yes. a photographer, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Second Something round like pick in 85. Wow. And the one thing about that that bums me out to, like, no end is they took him – so they took him 36 overall. Mm-hmm. And in the first round in 85, they had the uh, – God, who they – they had the eighth pick, and the guy that went two picks in front of them was Barry Bonds. <laughs> Could you imagine if they got Barry Bonds and Randy Johnson in the same draft? Wow. That would be uh They were two picks away. Two picks away. They drafted Tim Wallach and Terry Francona. Yeah. Well they could have had Barry Larkin in eighty five too. He went yeah. fourth over. But they went with Pete Incaviglia. Not a bad <laughs> not a bad ball player, man. Not a bad ball player at all. He's not no. a bad ball player, but Shout out speaking of Mariners, because we have Mariners on, Chris Gwynn. 10th overall of the Dodgers. Yes, he did. He was He's the Mariners' assistant general manager? If you say so. He's, he's, he's something like that, yeah. He's not the scouting director. He's either a scouting no. director or assistant general manager. I don't remember which one. I can look. Really he, was the, he was their scouting director for a while. He's the director of player development. That's what it is. Okay. That's yep. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And he's no. been in that role for almost 10 years uh, since the 2012 season. That's when I met him, was with the Mavericks, and it was his first year. Yeah, no, Chris Gwynn's a man, dude. He's a good guy. Yep. yep. His brother was uh, slightly better than yeah. you, yes. you think. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, that's one of my favorite memories of going to, sorry, the Murph. Oh, actually, DC's here. DC can settle this. Oh? Old Jack Murphy Stadium. Yeah. What nickname do you give it? Or what nickname have you heard? Qualcomm Stadium. No. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um I don't know. I was I didn't start paying attention to baseball really until late in the nineteen ninety five season, so I I don't know really if I can say. But I want to say so one thing about Chris Gwynn. He shares a birthday with my brother and the announcer of my program, Joey Martin. And hey, nice. October thirteenth. Was it on a okay, Friday? 
here's one for you guys, and I just want to bring it up. Well, no, go ahead. I'm going to bring it up after. My brother was not born on a Friday. No, he was born on a Monday. Okay. Uh, so I just want to clear the air. DC, would you have heard the Murph or the Jack? The Murph. Thank you. <laughs> have you ever heard the Jack before? Have you heard to that stadium called the Jack? No. That is a new one to me. Taylor. Whatever. <laughs> I'm not from the area, gang. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't count, man. <laughs> Damn it. Honestly, okay. I'm with Taylor on that one. I'm not, I'm, I don't feel qualified to answer that since I am from the Pacific Northwest. So I've got one for you guys, all right? Okay. Okay. So pull up Google MLB debuts and the year you were born. MLB debuts. All right. And then the year you were born. Yes. And then pull up the date. Go to the baseball reference page. Pull up the date that you were born. Yes. So you have it there? The day or the year I was born. I was born in January, so that's not going to be – I can't do that. Okay, so look at the first debut of the season. All right. So who was the first major leaguer – to debut in your lifetime. Ooh. I've got four, sadly. I've got four guys, but opening day, that's got to be tough. There's got to be a ton. I've got only uh, one. I have three. Well, you were born in September, so you can actually do this. Yes. Same, yeah. Well, um, Jason, you're, you're September 12th? Nope, other way. 10th. Yep. And I'm the 11th. Huh. Okay, so it's decent. So DC, you start. Who were the three guys that debuted the first? The first guys that debut in the major leagues in your lifetime. Lou Thornton. These are all April eighth. Lou Thornton, who I've never heard of. Chris Pitaro, who I have never heard of, and Tim Burke, who I have heard of, had a pretty decent yeah. career as a pitcher. Yeah, no, Tim Burke was. Did he did he pitch like eight years? Uh, let's uh. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, one, two, 7 he was years. A reliever, right? He was a reliever for uh, the Expos? Mostly with Montreal, yes. Yeah. No, he was a pretty good ball player, man. Yep, second round draft pick by the Pirates in 1980, according to the information I have here on Baseball Reference. Ozzy Guillen and Sean Dunstan, Mariano Duncan, all debuted the, debuted the very next day. That's actually really good. That's really That's good. Really good. <laughs> Tim, Burke, Tim Burke was an all-star in like 1990. I was, was going to say 1990. Uh, let's uh, we were we were both one year off. 1989. Dang! Wow! Dang! We were, we were Man, close. That's a good ball player. That's a good ball yeah. player. Valuable Jason, uh, relief pitcher. Yes. Jason, who you got? Kurt Wilkerson. Oh, okay, I know who that is U- yeah. utility special. Oh, DC knows. Okay, DC. What can you tell us about Kurt Wilkerson? Uh, I remember him playing for the Pirates in the early 90s, kind of as a, I think he was an out, he was an infielder, outfielder type guy, pinch hitter. I think he could run a little bit. You remember that? He was was a utility infielder, to my knowledge. And he played for, uh, he He played played for for Texas, the the Cubs, the Pirates, and the Royals. He was like a defensive whiz that played like 10 years. Yes. And in fact, he was part of that infamous NLCS in 91 against the Atlanta Braves. How about he that? He only played one season in Pittsburgh. 
So that's why I know who he is, because he played on the 91 Pirates. And I collect these team highlight uh, videos that they used to release back in the day. They're about an hour long, and they cover one season. And one of them is the 91 Pirates. That's how I know who this guy is. So I know, nice. because I used to collect the team cards back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I have a Pirates set, and he was in there. Yeah. But not so before. let's see. So that's the only guy for you, Jason? Yep, that's it. All right, so you guys both got some decent ones. Yeah. Um, I have uh, Jeff Tackett. Ooh, I know who that is. Stan Royer. Heard, yep. Rico Rossi. Ooh, I love Rico <laughs> Rossi. And here's my, my favorite one is Todd Van Poppel. Todd Van Poppel. I've talked about Rico Rossi on my, on my show before because the game of his life was the original Turn Back the Clock Night in Seattle. He was a Mariner? He yes. was a Mariner for only a few months in the 1998 season. And prior to that, he hadn't played in the major leagues since 1993. The only reason he was at the major league level in the first place was because Russ Davis was having such a difficult time defensively. Lou Pinella got so fed up that they that he said, call this guy up from the minor leagues only because he's a good defensive third baseman. And he wound up starting for two months. Whoa. Not bad. Yeah. That's really not bad. That's really cool. And on the and again, on the original turn back the clock night, he had two singles and two doubles and went four for five, scored three runs. He had the game of his life that Whoa, day. Whoa, man. That's yes. a, how about that? And he was really nothing more of a punchless slap hitter for the most part, and he just went nuts that day. Hey, you know what? Everyone has a game of their life. That's his. That's like a Rick Camp moment all of a, all of a sudden. <laughs> It is, and the Mariners replayed that game two years ago prior to the reprieve of Turn Back the Clock Night, and they just replayed it a couple days ago. So Rossi's gotten some airtime again in Seattle over the last couple of years, and he just happened to have a really good game that day. It was a very opportunistic time to have the game of his life. Yeah, why not? Absolutely. And there's your Rossi reference. There's your Rick Camp reference as well. We're just going all over the place. So I'm trying to think of... does, does Taylor know why Rick Camp is infamous or famous? Rick Camp? Yep. No. Oh, why? DC, do you know this story? I do. He was a pitcher for the Braves, and it was in Fulton County Stadium. It was either 1983 or 1985. 1985. So this is 35 years ago yesterday. Yep. Yes. So this is actually a good time to talk about this. It was a really long game against the New York Mets and with the Braves out of pinch hitters and they were trailing by one or two runs. I forget one. He hit a home. They were trailing well, by one. Well, run. well let's set it up because that whole game right. was just completely ridiculous. It was. So the whole thing. So, first of all, July 4th, 1985. It was a wild game. It was five to three after four innings. Then they each scored a run. Then Atlanta scored four to come back to tie the game to even send it to extra innings. So it was 8-8 going into extras. And then they each scored two runs in the 13th inning. That was wild. Then the 18th inning. Go, DC. Uh, Is this where Rick Camp hits the home run or strikes out? Home run. This is the home run in the 18th inning to tie the ball game. The Braves were out of pinch hitters, so he had to hit. And he just happened to rip one down the left field line, and it barely snuck over the wall. And I I don't remember who it was. It, I think it was Ernie Johnson, who was kind of kind of going nuts on the on the radio or TV call. I don't know which one it was. No, not him. 
It, was it Pete Van Weeren? No, there's another infamous announcer that had a very... Well, okay. So Ernie Johnson did have a memorable call, but someone else had a very memorable call that day. John Sterling. Really? Yes, that John Sterling. He still calls it his favorite moment in baseball history that he announced. Wow. Hmm. The call that I am familiar with was Ernie Johnson, though. Yeah, they're both fantastic calls, by the way. But they are. They were just both in disbelief because Rick Camp was pretty much O for the century. And then he hits yeah. a home run. The most unlikely guy down to the yeah. last strike. And by the way, this was about 2, 3 in the morning. Mm-hmm. So they kept the game going. Finally, top of the 19th inning, the Mets blow up for five runs. Atlanta can only get two runs. And that wound up being a 16-13 game. And um, Camp was the last hitter. He struck out to end the game. Yep. And to boot, they still lit off the post-game fireworks for those hardy souls who were still there. And the story behind that, they got so many complaints afterwards during (laughs) the fireworks show that they had to stop it. They actually stopped (laughs) the fireworks show towards the end because Atlanta PD was getting nothing but complaints. So what was supposed to be a 25-minute fireworks show turned to about 15 minutes. And this was about 4 o'clock in the morning. Yes, it was. And that happened 35 years ago, almost to the day. So, yeah, happy 4th of July, everyone. (laughs) Fireworks at 4 in the morning. Yeah. (laughs) And that's why they don't allow that anymore because of that game. That sounds like L.A. LA County to me. (laughs) (laughs) If you saw last night, yeah, they lit it up last night for sure. Oh, man. Spokane County behaved ourselves for the most part. That's good. I don't live in L.A. County, thank God. (laughs) It was crazy. I went up to the mountains to social distance for 4th of July and just saw all the fireworks from the safety of about 5,000 feet high. It looked cool from up there. You couldn't hear a damn thing, but it looked cool. I did something somewhat similar. I wasn't 5,000 feet high, but my housemate found a hilltop in an kind of an uh, in an undeveloped neighborhood on Google yeah. Earth, to um, because what Spokane was going to do, they moved their one fireworks show that they do at Riverfront Park to four separate places uh, inside of Spokane, and we found the one that was closest. To, uh, this hilltop looked over one of them, so we parked, and there were actually a, a bunch of other people there who had the same idea. They were all families uh, with kids, so it was a very nice experience. And we, you know, we saw, and we also were able to see five miles to our west where Spokane Airport is and Airway Heights, also where the Air Force Base is. And this casino just had this rocking fireworks show that went on for a half hour. And the one that everybody showed up for lasted maybe 10 minutes. <laughs> I saw your picture of that. It was a, yeah. I mean, I saw it at like three in the morning. But yeah, no, that's, that was really cool, man. Yeah. It was a really cool 4th of July. And, and we saw that one. We saw the one at the, uh, the casino, which I mentioned, and then another third one that was over off to our uh, left. So we got to see three different fireworks shows that spanned miles. It was really, really cool. But you couldn't hear anything, like you said, but I still wouldn't have traded that for anything. I would do it again in a heartbeat. Yeah, we, nice. yeah I saw that on your Twitter at 3 in the morning. And since we've been talking for a long time, and that that's easily going to cover a show or two. 
let's oh, go yeah. ahead and say our goodbyes now. DC, where can they find these fantastic pictures from your mountaintop? They can find them on my Twitter, which just happens to be at DC underscore Lundberg. They can follow my show, Locked on Mariners, at LO underscore Mariners. And they can listen to Locked on Mariners right here on the Locked on Podcast Network. And next time on Locked on Mariners, ladies and gentlemen, I will be joined by guest panelists Skippy Handelman, Dr. Bunsen Honeydew, and a vacuum cleaner. Don't get the dogs around that one. Dogs hate vacuum cleaners. And you know yep. DC's legit because he has that turn ahead the clock jersey. Which, Indeed, which I is do. Awesome. And Taylor, he's also legit. Where can they find you on the socials? Is that turn back the clock one the sleeveless one? Yes, those are cool. I really quick, like those. those quick story really about cool. that: they arrived with sleeves, and Ken Griffey Jr. cut them all off because he wanted them to be sleeveless. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, yep. Yeah, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Locked On Angels or at Taylor Blake Ward. Our show is Locked On Angels or at Locked On Angels. And uh, yeah, no pictures from July 4th for me. Um, we'll save that for another time. And uh, thanks, Jason. Thanks for playing host for this uh, crossover. It was a blast. Man. Yeah, but your profile picture also has Seattle in it, by the way. Uh, it does, yeah. yeah. I got uh, Brad Miller and Kyle Seeger. Yeah, you have... Uh, it's it's Brad Miller's shoulder and Kyle Seeger's uh, chin. Profile. <laughs> it's a profile. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on the socials at StimpyJD, and you can follow Locked on Anaheim Ducks, where we sometimes do not talk about hockey at all, at LO underscore Ducks. Just like today, we didn't talk about hockey because, well, what else do we talk about? I guess baseball, randomness... Fourth of July games, fireworks, it's all here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And you can hear all of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Smoke Signal, wherever you may find your podcasts. Maybe not Smoke Signal. Maybe Smoke Signal. Who knows? How would your show go as far as Smoke Signals? (laughs) Really good. I'm like 40% Cherokee. Really? Yeah, no, full-blown uh, Native American heritage. Um, still waiting on my check from the from the government. Um, <laughs> I'd have to move to Oklahoma to have that happen. But outside of that, uh, hey, good on Cleveland for uh, looking at changing that name. And uh, screw the Washington football team. Yeah, I heard about that, too. Uh, that was a fun one today. We should do this again at some point and maybe actually talk about the sport that I host, even though I'm hosting it. <laughs> We, this is going to work great for Lockdown Angels and Lockdown Mariners, but you're screwed. <laughs> Yay! We got great we got great content. Yeah! <laughs> Again, what else are we going to talk about? There's no hockey going on yet. I did. Shout out to Sean Woodley, by the way. Yeah, definitely. Shout out to Sean Woodley. So, Sean, if you're tuning into this, man, it's uh, this is your doing, man. You, you brought all three of us on. We had fun uh, with this. Yeah. Yep. The power trio of Tloppin. So, oh God! So, Sean, <laughs> Sean, if you made it this far, I hope you enjoyed it. If you did not make it this far, then we can say whatever we want. <laughs> this is where I think I, I need to do the baseball side. When you're done listening to Locked On crossover for Locked On Seattle Mariners, Locked On Angels, and Locked On Anaheim Ducks, tell your smart device whether it be Hey Siri, Hey Google, Hey Alexa, play Locked On MLB. You'll be joined by all of our good friends solely on the Locked On Podcast Network for sure. And I look forward to having hockey back 
hey, at least I had some fun last week. It was draft lottery fallout, for what it's worth. I still can't believe it! For a certain definition of fun. I still can't believe that. To be determined has the number one pick. Watch it be like the Pittsburgh Penguins. TBW, TBD. I'm all for yeah. it, man. All right. For Locked On Mariners and Locked On Angels. For TBW NDC, this is JD saying, well, I'll, I'll do all the send-offs. Uh, DC, how do you end your show? However I feel like it. <laughs> I don't have a set thing. All right. Then Taylor, go ahead. Uh, this is Taylor Blake Ward for Lockdown Angels, reminding you to dot your I's, cross your T's, and stay nasty, Anaheim. And this is JD reminding you, be kind to everyone, stay safe, and ducks fly together. Ducks fly together.